This is Paul Schneiderman today on the 68th edition of Sports and Stuff on Rainier Avenue Radio. Today is my special guest for the second time. I have University of Washington basketball legend, a longtime NBA player, and Pac-12 basketball commentator Eldridge Rakasner. I also have the honor today of hosting Sports and Stuff with Rick Dupree, longtime broadcaster, former University of Washington athlete himself, and Rick is the host of the one-on-one with Dupe Show at Rainier Avenue Radio, and Rick and I have been friends now for a few years, and it's fun to have Rick uh, co-host the show with me for the third time. Rick's been been a mentor and a friend for a couple of years. So two good gentlemen here, and also my producer today is uh, Chad Anderson. Chad's also the host of the Northwest Rap Show. A lot of good things going on at Rainier Avenue Radio, a lot of political shows, lifestyle shows, sports shows. We have a great sports department. I know I'm a little biased, but we got a good sports department here with shows hosted by uh, Rick himself and Masvita Marari and... Renault Laurent, I don't want to miss anybody. Granville Emerson, but uh, got, a, got a good list here. Yeah. 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 So um, I mentioned earlier, Eldridge is a uh, member of the Washington Husky last century uh, selection team and, and a great basketball player. And, and it's it's just great. Love Eldridge as an analyst. Always fun to talk, hear you and talk to you. Always, always get the... The giggles with your, your wit and charm and everything. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's funny. I, I the, the great broadcast, the famous broadcast, Larry King one time said that his worst interview was with the late actor Robert Mitchum. Apparently a lot of Mitchum's answers were yes, no, I don't know, I don't care. I'm not going to get that from Mildred today. I'm going to get a lot of a lot of vibrant discussion. There's not going to be no. It's going to be no uh, no little yes or no answers. So yeah, no. Thanks for having me, Paul and and, and Rick. Man, I see Rick rocking his Garfield gear over here. Yeah. You know, <laughs> no, kind of represent my mom. My mom. I, I know. My mom. And Paul said, "You go to Garfield." I said, "No, nah, but my, my mom did." You go to Garfield? <laughs> oh Lord! I thought you were an alum. No, no, but my mom, class of 1945, I believe. Oh, that's awesome, man. Yeah, that's awesome. Also. To see Eldridge's mother, uh, Joyce Rakasner, in our studio yeah, today as well. Yeah, my mom was Speaking of 45, that was the year my mother was born. Like, oh, really? My mom was born. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, got, I, I, and I just want to say, Paul, congratulations. 68 shows. Man, that is a, that is an accomplishment. Congratulations. You are well, doing thanks, it. Well, thanks, Rick. Yeah, well, you, yeah. I've learned a lot from you, and I, I've appreciated your support through this whole uh, middle age venture I'm doing. So take, take, <laughs> take, take, take a little break from the practice of Take a little break from the practice of law this show. I'm still doing that as well. I'm middle to late age, man. I'm getting Hey, you know what? If I get Ultra Kasner back a second time, yeah. I got Rick Dupree co-hosting with a third time. I've got a pink slip for you guys. Yeah. So, so, so what the heck? Life, doing something right. Worse, right. Hey, Ultra. So, so real quickly, um, Rick and I are just going to you know ask you some questions, all yeah. sorts of basketball subjects. Uh, I know you're involved in the NBA Retired Players Association. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything new in the what's going on with the retired players? Uh, we just we just had a board of directors call for our budget for uh, 2020. Um, some names that. Folks out there listening will remember Spencer Haywood, of course, former Sonic uh, Basketball Hall of Famer. Dave Collins, former Boston Celtic Basketball Hall of Famer. Uh, Big Smooth Sam Perkins is on our board, uh, as well as Nancy Lieberman, one of the greatest women players of all time. Uh, Grant Hill. Um, who else is on the board that you guys might might know by name? But, uh, yeah, we've had some, some pretty big-time names on the board of directors. I've served two terms. So this is my sixth year, so I'll be rotating off uh, this year at All Star in Chicago. But we handle everything from the from uh, negotiating the pensions to uh, health care to royalty money paid out to the players. You know all of that stuff. Uh, we had a four court press clinic here in Seattle. Uh, 
at uh, the Meredith Matthews YMCA, uh, where I did a clinic to honor Lenny Wilkins. That was the Four Court Press program. That's a part of the Great. National Basketball Retired Players Program. Yeah. And you guys are doing a lot uh, in terms of, you talk, mentioned pension and what have you mm-hmm. for the retired players. People forget yeah. that a lot of these retired players, they weren't making the big big dollars that the guys are making now. Yeah. And, and a lot of the resources aren't available. So you guys have had to fight uh, quite a bit to make oh, sure that they're, they're taken care of. For sure. And, you know, when you're young and you're making millions, you don't, you don't think about a couple hundred thousand down the line. But when you get 50 years old, you're like, wait a minute, <laughs> you know, 10 grand a month. Okay, that sounds pretty right, good. Right, so, yeah, yeah, we negotiate all that stuff. We fight for all that stuff with the, uh, with the NBA. And uh, it's just, you know, a great organization that was started by Oscar Robinson, Dave Bing, uh, folks around here in Seattle probably remember Archie Clark. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And also, um, what I said, Oscar Robinson, Dave Bing, uh, Dave Cowens, Dave DeBusher. Yeah, it was started by those guys. Famous yeah. players. Yeah, 20, yeah. 27 years ago now, I think it was. Yeah. an elite group. Yep. It's like hearing about the. The Kennedys and the Roosevelts, the, <laughs> the NBA and stuff. Yeah, yeah, anytime you got a group with Oscar Robinson in it, it's big time. Man. Right, He's one of the greatest players of all time. And, uh, yeah. Paul Schneider, host of sports and stuff, with Rick Dupree as my co-host, and on Rainier Avenue Radio dot World, and we got the the great Eldridge Kasner on. So uh, Rick and I were talking about this before on the show, uh, Eldridge. What's your take on Adam Silver's plan? Speaking of NBA basketball, mm-hmm. to knock the season down to 78 games. He's also talking about this in-season tournament for all teams. They would split up a bunch of money from like November through December. The third major part of his proposal is a new playoff system where there'd be a play-in tournament where the top 10 teams in each conference would qualify. And there could be a final four where the, the championship could be between two non-conference teams. What's your take on yeah, I don't like Silver's? none of it. You don't like none of it? Okay. I don't like any of it at all. I thought she was going to ask me if he was in support of Seattle getting the team back I'll say yeah but I you know the guys are making millions of dollars I mean 150 million 200 million and he's going to give them additional money for a tournament that makes zero sense to me you know I I, I don't get it and you know the the league is what it is free agency has finally become that so guys are kind of moving to where they want to be and we all know the west is a lot more powerful than the east is but that's just the way that it is I think I like the format the way it's been I don't I don't like cutting the season I mean I don't know any other job you can do for six months out of the year and make thirty million, and then they're gonna talk about <laughs> cutting your workload down and this whole load management thing. I think I just think it's ridiculous. I mean, when I played and I played on some pretty high profile teams, profile teams when I played, I, I played for the Houston Rockets in ninety five, ninety six, right after they won back to back championships, and I never remember Hakeem Olajuwon and Clyde Drexler sitting out games for load management. Right, yeah. You know, it, yeah. it was ridiculous. They just didn't do it. They played – I'm not saying they played all 82 games because if they were injured, obviously they didn't play. But if, if, if they were healthy, they at least played the first five or six minutes of each half because people are spending their money to go out here and see these guys play. I just drove down to Portland to see Matisse Stiebel when Philadelphia played the 76ers. You know, if you drive way down there and all of a sudden you hear that Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum aren't playing and you just spent 200 250 bucks on a ticket. That's a good point. you got to get a hotel, you're going to be pissed. So I just don't I, – I, I don't agree with that at all. I don't like that at all. What do, what do you guys think of, the, of, of giving the top 10 teams a shot at the playoffs in each conference? I think you should finish out your regular season and wherever you finish, that's where you're at. I, I, I like it the way it is. You can't you can't fix something that's not broke because I don't know I don't know what the philosophy is behind this. I never liked the hand check rule. You know, they, they're, just, they're just making the league way too soft in my opinion. You know, when I was in training camp back when I came out of University of Washington in 1990, we did two-a-day practices for two straight damn weeks. And everybody was fine. Now all of a sudden, these guys can't do two days, two days in a row. They got to get a day off. So it's just, I just think it's just getting way, way, way too soft for me. Yeah, it's interesting because uh, you know you look at guys, and there there are a lot of complaints. I mean. 
part of it is a season. It's a long season. You know, granted, but like you said, the the, the return on that is that you're making millions. That's why you're making yeah, the yeah, big yeah, bucks. Yeah, that's why you're making exactly. You know, you're that's, why you get, that's why you get paid millions. You know, you're supposed to be able to have it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, Adam Silver is a marketing type of guy, though. I mean, do you think that you made made an interesting comment? He said, "If it ain't broke, don't fix it." And I mean, is he trying to tweak something that that is working? Now you have have a, a, you know proliferation of, of European players in the league now, and people are talking about that the, the NBA game has gone to a two man or three man game, especially when you get to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But but uh, you know, in contrast to the European game, um, but yeah, it, it's just interesting. I mean, again, your your feeling is it ain't broke, so don't mess I just, with it. I, I think they I think they're overthinking it way too much. I think analytics is playing too big of a role and I, I just I just I just don't agree with it, man. If you if you'd have told me Michael if somebody tells me Michael George is not gonna beat them with mid range jump shots, I'll bet my life you're <laughs> wrong. You know, so a, a lot of stuff is changing and change is good. You know, sometimes you see new rules implemented, and I think it's good. But having a playoff system kind of like college basketball for the NBA, I just think it's ridiculous. What's the purpose of playing the regular season? That's what the regular season is for, for your seeding for the playoffs. And I think that's the way it should remain. Did I say earlier, guys, that Mr. Rickhazer is not going to be giving simple yes or no? I don't know answers. We got it. We got it. Paul Schneider, got a host of sports and stuff, like Eldridge Rickhazer and Rick Dupree co-host today. Uh, well, I, I want to just hit a few more subjects. Now, we could talk for the whole show on the, some of the NBA playoffs proposals, but uh, you, I think on Twitter, Eldridge, had something recently that you're a big... Let me know if I have this wrong. I think you believe the late Christian Velp should have his number retired. Oh, of course. Okay, I'm not personally against that, and the only Huskies basketball players that are numbers retired are Hubriggs, Brandon Roy, and um, Isaiah Thomas. Thomas. So... If we're going to have Velpin, why not Detlef Schrempf? Why not Elder Kazan? You have to comment yourself if you don't want to. Why not James Edwards? Why not Steve Haas? Why not Jalen Noel? I mean, I, just, is that, if, if Velp gets in, does that open the door to a whole bunch of other guys? Who should, I don't know if that opened the doors to a whole not, a lot of guys, but I know Christian Velp is the school's all-time leading scorer, number one. He was Pac-10 player of the year, number two. Fair enough. He was all-time leading rebounder, number three. He was all-time leader in shot blocks, number four, when he left. So I don't know about the other guys, but I know what that guy did. And, and and to see that he's not his jersey isn't retired to me is just is, he was a team of yours too yeah yeah but he was a stud you know I mean Steve Hawes is another one Steve Hawes is the only person in the history of UW basketball that averaged twenty points and ten rebounds per game for his career now what the criteria is and and nobody was going to make all American over the UCLA guys back in his era so you can kind of understand it wasn't like he wasn't a great player but hell Kareem Bill Walton all those yeah, guys yeah, at yeah, UCLA yeah, so it was kind of tough but I mean there's some guys that, that definitely belong in there and, and Detlef is Detlef is probably another one but I think Chris Velt belongs in there Detlef wasn't player of the year in the Pac-10 now you say to come on yourself I'm I'm just, just, you can no, recuse yourself I'm, I'm not in that class. Class. I wasn't player of the year well you had a good yeah. career Eldridge what do you think Rick do you think Christian Velt's a good well, I think all, all the points that Eldridge brings up are, are very valid and you look at the time of his career, what he what he accomplished, what those teams accomplished, yeah. you know, as well under Marv Harshman. I mean, it, 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 there there is an argument to be oh, made. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, there were two time Pac twelve, yeah. Pac ten champs. Yeah. You know, back then, like I said, he he graduated in eighty seven. So what's that? 32, 32 years ago, and he still has the record. I mean, yeah. that's that's unbelievable. Yeah. No, you know, my you, you mentioned my mother. My mother is here, and Chris Vell passed away. And every year around this time, when his son is playing, I think about him. You know, I just remember my mom always telling me. You know, give me my give me my flowers while I'm living, and I think it was a missed opportunity. Yeah, that Good UW point. didn't put Chris Velp in the hall and have his jersey retired. He's in the Hall of Fame, but didn't have his jersey retired while he was still here. Yeah. Well, legitimate cause, Elrich. I I just kind of wanted to get your take on 
sometimes you let one person in an organization as it open the door for a, ca- a case for others, but but you brought up some good points. And I do think that the elder brings up a good point: is that what's the criteria? What what are you what are you looking at? You know, and and you only have what, three guys at this point. Yeah. But uh, yeah, what, what is the criteria? And is it something that's consistent, or is, is it? More you know what? A, no, I'm I've been out here 34 years. So it don't make no sense to me biting my tongue. I don't want to step on no toes. But I was originally told you had to be a first team All American, and we all know that Isaiah Thomas wasn't a first right, team All American. Right. So True. That's not the criteria. I mean, there's no there's no argument at all when it comes to Bob Hubriggs. He was Player of the Year yeah. in all the college basketball. Led UW to the Final Four. So that was a no brainer. Brandon Roy was a first team All American. But when you look at a body of work of what somebody done over their career, I'm talking Talking about from their freshman year to their senior year, Chris Velt was the Pac-10's freshman of the year. He was the player. He should have been player of the year twice. I just don't think when it comes to body of work, I don't think nobody has a better body of work than he has. You know, you bring up some good statistical points for the, the case for Chris Velt to have his number retired as oh, well. Oh, it's a no-brainer, man. Yeah. Sounds I mean, like it. You know? Paul Schneiderman, host of sports and stuff on Rainer Avenue Radio with Eldridge Kasner and Rick Dupree coasting. So I read something Eldridge recently, and Rick, I want you to pine on all this too. So uh, John Wilner, San Jose Mercury News writer, he selected Arizona's Derek Williams as the player, Pac-12 player of this decade, and he picked Dana Altman as the Pac-12 coach of the decade. Good picks, you think? This decade, you're talking about 2010 through 2019. Yeah, yeah. Derek, Derek Williams from from uh, U of A. Uh, you know, I don't know. I think there's some arguments to be had with that. I know there's been some other great players. Uh, you know, everybody leaves early now. Right. That, yeah. that, that's one thing. But I know there's been some great players. You look, you look at Brandon Roy did four years here. James Harden was at Arizona State. Russell Westbrook. I mean, they might not have had as good a career in college as he had. But that's a questionable one for me. Well, yeah. I don't know about Darren Williams. Those that. guys were before 2010, though. A couple oh, they, of okay, so, who, so who's, who's the guys in 2010 that we're talking well, about? Well, one guy that he did not include is Zach Levine because he barely played for oh, yeah, so well, no, yeah. Levine yeah. might be a raw Zach, better player. Yeah, no, but. Zach's not in that. He didn't do that much. Yeah, a lot, a lot of those guys, I mean, obviously didn't have great, as you mentioned, great yeah. college careers. Yeah. But when they got to the pros where it opened up and, yeah. their, and their athletic exactly. ability, their talent yeah. would happen. Well, that might be a good choice. You know, if I don't know how many guys. I'm trying to think. I've been doing Pac-12 basketball and how many guys have been I'm trying to think Dylan Brooks player of the year I'm trying to think of the guys that won player of the year uh, in that era um, so I don't know Dana Altman I, you can't argue what he's done yeah, I think he's probably been the premier guy over the last 10 years. Really, it's hard to argue about all yeah. men. I mean, I'm not a yeah. huge UBO guy, but it's yeah, hard to argue. He's good, he's, man. It's kind of hard to argue with yeah, him. I know. You got a yep. Final Four in yeah. there, right? Right. Yeah. Well, Eldridge, um, Pac-12 basketball, you, you cover it. Uh-huh. You're a commentator. I see you at the games, and I, I see you on TV. Yep. I think one, I just mentioned Oregon, one team in this decade made the Final Four for the Pac-12, University of Oregon. Was that just an aberration, or is the Pac-12 just a subpar basketball conference compared to some of the other conferences? I think I think one of the reasons is our players all they all leave early. I mean, we have really good players drafted every year, and I think you're going to see it again this year with the University of Washington. Isaiah Stewart and Jaden McDaniels are projected lottery picks, so I doubt if you see them on campus next year. And just imagine if they could have stayed here, you know, for four years. And I think the same thing happens around the league. UCLA. Loses guys every year. Oregon last year. Bobo, Lewis King, um, Kenny Wooten Jr. They all had eligibility left. Bobo and Lewis King were freshmen, and they leave. So I think that that, that has a part of it. You, you look at a great program like Villanova that's been to the Final Four a few times, but they always have guys that are seniors, juniors and seniors on their team. They, they don't go after the one-and-done one, one guys. So I think that's something that plays a factor. 
I was gonna, I mean, yeah, I was gonna ask. You you see that? Do you, do you think it's more prevalent on the East Coast where guys are staying, you know, uh, longer in their careers, or, or is it just particular schools? Like you said, not going after I think guys that are one and done. I perhaps? think it's particular schools. I think Kentucky's the granddaddy of recruiting one and yeah, done yeah, guys. And yeah. They found a way to make it work. But I've personally heard from other coaches in the industry that that. You know, Jay just doesn't do that at Villanova. You know, yeah. Jay Wright just he doesn't go after the one and done guys because because it depletes your program. So he goes after that second tier guy that he knows is going to be there for maybe three years. Um, UW, I think this is the first time in the history of the school that they've had two two kids that were ranked in the top ten. Obviously, Markel Folks before that, right. with Isaiah Stewart and Jaden McDaniels. I mean that's that that's huge, but just as the fans get get to know them and get used to yeah, them, they're gone. They're gone. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. Know, you got to yeah. start all over. Yeah, right. I, I used to have this uh, argument with my brother David Dupree, and, and talking about I was like, you know, guys should stay in longer. Yeah. And I remember the yeah. the, the, the collective bargaining agreement changed. It used to be a couple of years yeah. that, that they had to yep. stay in two years, and it went to, yep. to one year. Uh, you know, and, and kind of rethinking that. I mean, the, the reality is this: the body only can can last for so long. Yeah. And and the younger you are, I mean, and, and so I, I don't fault these guys for, like, for for making that decision to be one and done. But but I, I agree with you, Elder. It's tough because how you recruit, how you building a program. I love what Mike Hopkins is yeah. doing. I think he's a great coach and, and and building a great program at UW. But but it's tough when you have guys that, that are projected and they're gonna. I mean, I don't, I don't blame them. You I mean, think you, about it. Yeah. Next year we won't have Isaiah Stewart and Jaden McDaniels. Yeah. yeah. You know, supposedly. Right. I mean, right, that's right. going to be a that's going to be a huge blow, but that's the that's the nature of the beast now, and that's what that's what that's what universities are doing. Yeah. Some deciding to go after the one and done guys, others are saying no, we want more long term players. Rick has a question for you in a second. I'm going to ask have you ask this question. We were talking about it right before Eldridge got we before uh, we started the show. Paul Schneiderman again on sports and stuff on Rainier Avenue Radio World. If you're just tuning in, I got uh, former NBA player Eldridge Kasner with. Uh, Rick Dupree, a longtime Seattle broadcaster. So I think Rick had a question for you about your thoughts on. Well, I'm going to let you ask the question. Hopkins and, and Romar, and just what you think. Well, I, I just. I, I, I'll go ahead and ask. Yeah, yeah, no, no. I, I think Hopkins. I mean, looking at what he's done, and I think the reputation he had on the East Coast, and he has been able to recruit on the East Coast and bring guys here uh, out west. And wondering. What, what do you think the strategy has been? How has he been able to get guys from the East that, that maybe in the past the University of Washington couldn't get, uh, but he's been successful? I think the main thing is he was at one of the greatest programs in college basketball. You know, he was at Syracuse with Jim Beheim, And then I think the next biggest thing is, man, he's just so he's just so energetic. Yeah, yeah. If you haven't been around him, you're like, what's wrong with this guy? <laughs> he's like he just finished a giant cup of Starbucks coffee or something. <laughs> but he's just high energy. I think I think his players like him. Um, obviously, he knows what he's doing. You know, I mean, you, anytime your first two years and your coach of the year in a, in a major Power Five conference like the Pac-12, you have to be really good and know what you're doing. But I think it's a combination of those two things. He spent 22 years as an assistant at Syracuse, so he knows all of these kids. He's out there recruiting them. Like you said, he was able to get Isaiah Stewart and Isaiah Carter all the way from, you know, from uh, from from New York, and and, and that's huge. But I, I think it's just a credit to what he did at Syracuse. And just the personality that he has. I've, I've been seeing Percy Allen post some videos and hear Coach Hopkins is video bombing right during the day. Oh, he's a beast. He's, he was unstoppable. <laughs> so it just goes to show that he, that he likes his kids. And I think yeah. the kid that played for him really like him. Yeah. I, I'm sort of laughing myself. So I, I, I think Rick has a question. I stopped myself from asking the question. So I kind of realized. <laughs> well, well, I was like, which question am I asking? I was like, I didn't know if he wanted to assist or if he wananted the bucket. I caught myself on that one. So, Eldridge, Washington hasn't been in the Final Four since 1953. A whole different era. Yeah, a little I mean, bit of a drought, huh? A little bit of a different era, to say the least. 2020s, is this, is this the decade Washington's going to be back to the Final Four? Be, you know, be a great prognosticator, Eldridge. You know, you know what? 
Paul, it, you never know, man. I think it, I think if they have the talent, I think if they can just gel and all play well at the at the same time. I mean, you think about it. Quade Green was a former McDonald's All American. Got a scholarship to Kentucky for whatever reason it didn't work out. But you know he has the talent because you don't go to Kentucky and you don't make the McDonald's All American team without being talented. We know Isaiah Stewart is a stud. I mean, I I love Isaiah Stewart, man. I I just got to say this while we're on the air. I just think he's a throwback guy. He's a six foot nine, body beautiful guy like Michael Cage, and he's willing to use his body in the paint. He never takes bad shots takes high percentage shots all the time he's constantly working he's constantly moving he has a great attitude i mean i love the kid man you see six foot nine 250 guys 50 pound guys now they want to shoot threes yeah and he's like okay i got this big body i'm gonna punish you down here in the paint and i love that about his game now if that's going to transition to the nba level where you got to be a stretch four or, or whatever i'm not sure but i just love the fact of what he's doing in college and i you know i'll go back to brandon roy i remember brandon roy when he was at the UW, he wasn't shooting a whole lot of three-point shots. He was a mid-range post-up guy, just killing guys. Yeah. And he seemed to have transitioned pretty good to the NBA game. Well, yeah, and yeah. And, and, yeah, and, and even in the NBA, was not a three-point shooter. That wasn't no. his game. But, yeah. but I, I agree. Isaiah Stewart is a guy who I remember reading an article on him uh, last year, uh, you know, as, as the Husky side. I mean, talk about work ethic and, oh, yeah. and just, you know, what he got from his father and his family, that family support, how, how important that is. So, yeah, he is uh, just he a has a motor. guy. He has yeah. a motor. So, yeah. you know, you, so I mentioned Quiet A. Green. I, I mentioned Isaiah Stewart. Talk about Jaden McDaniels, a local kid from right here, Federal Way, six foot nine, handles the ball like a guard, can shoot it on the perimeter. Nizia Carter, I mean, they've, they've really got some talent. It, it wouldn't surprise me if they could click and make a and make a deep run and make the final four. It really wouldn't because they have the talent to do it. So if these guys become one and duns or or, or two and duns, McDaniel's and Stewart, you one still and you one can and forget duns. about the two, two and okay, yeah. one and duns. There we go. You still think that this could be a great decade? The twenty twenties for Washington basketball. You still oh, feel, as long as okay. Hopkins is there with the you know I think Will Conroy is doing a fantastic job helping keep the local guys home. You know he did that with Jalen Noel who could have left and went somewhere else. He's done that. He was a, I think he played a major role in in, uh, in Jaden McDaniel's stand. You know Cameron. Cameron Dollar, Dollar. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Coach, uh, what's the other Coach Rice? You know, uh, Jamal Bay is from is from Las Vegas and Bishop Gorman High School, who produces some great players. And I think people forget people here. Mike Hopkins was at Syracuse, but he grew up in L.A. and he went to Modern Day, so he's got some West Coast connections as well. And I think he's going to be able to get a lot of elite West Coast players moving forward also. Another little Mike Hopkins tie. His father grew up in Northeast Seattle with Roosevelt High School, so he has a little really? Seattle tie. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah, 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 yeah. That little, 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 little tip there. Yeah. Paul Schneiderman, host of sports and stuff with Rick Dupree co-hosting and Elder Tricasting, a lot of fun. Uh, Rick, get a question in. Well, you know, I go back, and we've talked a lot about... He lets you get a question there. You know, you know what, I, what I love. It's not, not basketball-related, but we've had great conversations about your hometown, about New Orleans. Uh-huh. And, and I've taken kids down there from Seattle Academy for service trips and what have you. And, and I don't know if people here understand the impact of Hurricane Katrina, what that, what that did to that region. Even now, we're looking at 14 years later, and, and some, of the, some of the work, some of the things you've done um, you know, there as well and will we'll continue to do in your hometown. I'm just curious. You know, Rick, I, people don't, man. I mean, my neighborhood still isn't back. Yeah. It's been 14 years. My high school. Uh, Alfred Lawless Senior High School has been changed to MLK, Martin Luther King Charter High School now. It, it just reopened two years ago. I mean, I, I go to my block, and there's, there's one or two houses yeah. out of 20. I mean, you see just weeds and bushes everywhere like Hurricane Katrina just hit six months ago. So it's been devastating for, for some of the poor communities. Obviously, you go down to Bourbon Street, 
you know, everything's jumping. You know, you see the Saints playing in the Superdome. I mean, you think everything is back to normal. But like you said, 14 years later, the city's still struggling, struggling to try to recover. So I appreciate the things that you guys do when you bring the kids down there and let them see just how devastated it was because, uh, you know, that's home for me, man. And every time I go back, I just I tear up, I cry because it's just it's just really painful to, 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 to see an area where you grew up just, you know, the the people are never coming back. And I just uh, yeah. a really, really tough pill to swallow. Yeah, yeah, no, it is. And it, an incredible, it's an incredible experience for individuals that haven't been there in a very different culture. Uh, oh, it's eye-opening. I mean, it's, yeah. so, it's so drastically different from Seattle that, yeah. that, is, that, that it's unbelievable, man. I mean, it, it, it really is. But, but a great city. Yeah, it's yeah home. absolutely. I still love it, you know. But uh, a, a part of me, I felt still to this day, you know, went under – when Katrina hit, yeah. Well, yeah, it's. it's uh, I will say this, Paul. It's just it, that, that being down there and the the, the just the, the friendliness of people. We would have kids working, doing neighborhood cleanup, and people would stop and just tell them, "Hey, we want you to know. If no one's told you, thank you thank so much. You. How much yeah. we appreciate oh, this. It's just it's it. just a total different culture." When uh, are you guys' yeah. next trip, right? Uh, I think in the summer. Yeah, no, yeah, now, yeah, go, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna have to. I haven't led a trip, so yeah. I'm gonna have to get back. But you I want to. Let me know. Yeah, I, I want to bring you. I actually want to bring you in okay. and and have you talk to some of our students because just such a such an impact. No, yeah, being from there and having that to. impact. Yeah, I got to New Orleans for the first time last year. I was actually talking to you about my trip yep. to New Orleans last yep. year. It was December 2018. I went on a tour so that Katrina side it's yeah. very very powerful I hate to go from Katrina back to Pac-12 basketball yeah sorry about that sorry. I just took you on track know, it's more <laughs> but uh, what, what's your predictions to Pac-12 this year Aldrich I, I think Sports Illustrated has Oregon winning it what's your what are your predictions? you know what I, I think Oregon's a really good team I just had a I just had Oregon's game uh, last weekend they played Texas Southern and they almost lost which is you know people out here in the northwest might not know Texas Southern I know Rick though that's a swag school they're in the same conference with Gramlin and Southern and Jackson state and it's a really really small school and man they beat oregon last year they upset oregon last year they almost did it this year i think oregon uh, i think u-dub is right up there i think colorado is a really good team but you know what you, you just can't judge by paper you know um oregon i think has a lot of new guys just like the u-dub does so i think sometimes it takes a while for teams to jail but they're one of them teams they're led by peyton pritchard you know who's a candidate for pac-12 player of the year um oregon state i think some people might be sleeping on them with trace tinkle's son I mean, with Wayne Tickle's son, Trace, and Stevie Thompson's son, I think they'll be in the hunt. But uh, I like UW's chances. You know, I, I really do. I, I just want them to make the tournament because I think if they can make the tournament, the experience they're going to build over the course of the season, I help them. And, and if they can get hot, yeah. If they can get hot because they've got the know, talent, they're going to be really, really yeah, tough. You, you know, Isaiah Carter, one of the best athletes in all of college basketball. Yeah, yeah. You put him with Isaiah Stewart, Jaden McDaniels. You just need a couple other guys to step up and play well. Yeah. Well, gentlemen, I wish we had more time. What do you mean you wish we had more time? Where well, we got to go? I, well, I, I, huh? I, I have an next show they got to record. Here. I can't help it. But Elder G. come on, Chad. I know. Chad, Chad. Ladies and gentlemen, Chad was late, so Chad's got to work some overtime. A lot of fun, Elder Chavion, that Rick co-host. And you've got me more pumped up at Husky basketball this year in the in the. Oh, man, they're fun to watch. They're fun to watch. Fun show. I can't wait to do this again with you guys. All right, man. Take care. Happy holidays. Happy New Year, everybody. All right. Have a great New Year, guys. And. And uh, just uh, always fun to have a basketball talk with Eldridge. And Paul, thanks for uh, having us on the show, man. Absolutely. Really enjoyed it. Always, we'll it. always happy to co-host. Likewise. Do it again soon. Thanks, guys.